everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is the good old-fashioned hump day. Happy Wednesday to you. It is the day before Halloween, so hopefully you got your costumes ready, you got, uh, got your candy all set, ready for the kids to pick up from the bowl outside your door, because God knows nobody wants to actually open the door on Halloween to give candy out to little children. I, I love the idea of just leaving the candy out on the bowl, just be like, okay, take two or three, and they end up taking the whole bowl, and your night is essentially over because you're too busy just sitting at home watching TV. And yeah, I mean if you've got it own if you got if you've got your own situation for Halloween, let me know. I, I just remember one year when I was uh when I was outside giving candy to kids, I went over next door and the lights were on, you know, families clearly watching TV. You could see just by walking down the street, you can see them right in, the, in their living room watching TV, all that jazz. The lights are on and it's like eight o'clock and there's just two giant bowls of candy is like, here, please take this candy do not bother me. I'm trying to relax because it's the middle of the week and I don't have time to be getting up and, you know, off my couch 35 times just to give you candy. You know what? When I do get a house, I think I'm, I am going to resort to that. But in any event, that is for tomorrow. That is not for today. But you know what? Halloween fever is still running rampant here in Las Vegas. So with that being said, welcome everybody to another episode of Locked on Golden Knights. I am your host, Danny Webster. Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, a site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. And it is Mailbag Wednesday, which I really have not yet dubbed an official thing, but we might do Mailbag Wednesday, even though it doesn't really, you know, pop as much as, say, Mailbag Monday. But uh, we did get some really good questions, and we will get to them in a little bit, but first of all, the usual housekeeping items uh, that we do every episode, and especially if you are listening to this podcast for the very first time and have no idea what those housekeeping items are, well, get get ready for it because we are now coming in on twenty what twenty seven episodes in. We are officially a month old as of today. So if you haven't heard the housekeeping items, uh, you consider yourself lucky, but welcome. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, we are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday, depending on how the schedule looks like. And uh, again, as we mentioned earlier in the week, that will be a weekend podcast talking about the Winnipeg Jets game. On uh, Saturday, we will be back on Sunday breaking down that game. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts, we are more than likely on there. Uh, if you are on Apple Podcasts, please be so kind as to leave us a review, leave us a rating, any uh, feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, is always tailored to making this podcast better. It's trying to make me a better host, trying to make me a better podcaster. So any co- sort of information, information, any sort of feedback, you know what? It's, th- it's 3.43 a.m., guys. I just got up. I helped my wife get ready for work, and I, I'm just getting up in the morning and getting ready to do this podcast. So if I feel like I'm coherent, incoherently rambling all over the place, it's because it's 3.43 a.m. right now. So it, it's 3.43 a.m. on a Wednesday. So we'll just uh, 
we'll keep it going because that's what we do here. That that's what uh, that's what the whole objective is with this podcast. Uh, but if you are an Apple Podcast, please feel free to leave us a review and a rating. Uh, any bit of that helps. It helps people find the podcast. It helps. Uh, it helps let me know if I'm doing things right. And uh, we, I was uh, fortunate enough to actually get another review on Apple Podcast yesterday from SoCal Seven Hundred Two Bay who says that they look forward to listening to the podcast on the drive to work. Thank you for talking to us as opposed to talking at us. It really makes a huge difference in keeping me tuned in and engaged. Keep up the great work. And I thank you for that. I always like to keep it a little bit more conversational. I try to make it seem like, you know, I'm trying to invite you, you know, whether it be uh, you invite me into your car or invite me into your home and we just, you know, have a little chat every day, 20 to 30 minutes, however long it is talking about the Golden Knights. So I appreciate the feedback and I appreciate the comments. Thank you very much. And uh, if you want to reach us in any other way, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And you can send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So we are one day away for the Golden Knights return to action on the ice. They will take on the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday on Halloween. Uh, The Golden Knights have announced that uh, you are allowed to wear your costumes to the game on Thursday. Uh, This, I believe, will be the very first time the Golden Knights play on Halloween. Uh, I believe, they, if I remember correctly, they were on the road the last two years. So this is the first time people are going to get a chance to uh, dress up and... uh, you know, I, th- I believe there's a costume contest, I want to say. I'm not entirely sure. I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the press release. But you are allowed to wear your costumes uh, tomorrow night uh, for the game against the Canadians. And then on November 2nd, before or for the game against the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Dia de los Muertos will be celebrated. Uh, face painting, mariachi band participation, and special warm-up jerseys worn by the players to be sold, much like they did on Nevada Day. Uh, but for Halloween, uh, yes, there will be a costume contest, uh, and candy from Smith's will be on the concourse and other Halloween activities for the whole family. And there will be face painting, because face painting brings everybody together. I've never had my face painted, and I would like to prefer to keep it that way, because I can't. I can't deal with the cleanup. I'm pretty sure that the face painting is just like the regular paint. And obviously if it's for kids, it's probably easy to clean off. It's probably like markers, right? They say they're not toxic, but you know, you eat them anyway or whatever. I I, I don't know if kids eat markers nowadays. I don't know what goes on with the, uh, with the crafts that have happened since I was a youth. They've probably changed them to make them edible for all I forget. Not, not the edible as in like marijuana edible, but I'm talking like, like you eat them, you eat the, you eat the purple one and it tastes like grape you know what i mean i i don't know what the, what crayola has been doing nowadays so uh if you are going to the game tomorrow please feel free to wear your costume it's probably going to be one of the freakiest uh freakiest uh gatherings at t-mobile arena that i can think of because i'm pretty sure there are going to be about five or six costumes that are going to be of the outlandish type but you know what we will cross that bridge we'll get there maybe i'll uh Maybe I'll snap some pictures of some costumes that I see when I get to the arena and we'll, uh, we'll evaluate, like maybe we'll judge them on Friday's pod. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll save a segment for my thoughts on certain costumes. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but the Golden Knights do take on the Canadians tomorrow at seven o'clock. The, uh, the Golden Knights return to practice today. Uh, we will provide a report 
on Thursday as to what goes on at practice today. More than likely, we will hear from Nate Schmidt and Alex Tuck for the first time today. I'm not going to put any guarantee on it, but maybe they talked on Monday and I just didn't know about it. But usually when the guys are on IR, they will not be made available uh, until they are officially taken off IR. Last I checked, uh, Schmidt was officially taken off IR and I believe Tuck was as well. So uh, we'll likely hear from 88 and 89 after practice today. And uh, we'll, we will hear from them uh, tomorrow when we uh, preview the game against the Canadians, who uh, this should be a fun game. I mean, the Canadians won both matchups last year against uh, their old uh, teammate, Max Pacioretty, and it uh, should be a fun game tomorrow. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing if Vegas can respond with two home wins in a row to close out the month and get 18 out of a possible, what, what would that be, 28 points, uh, which I think would be uh, considered a successful month. So I did put out a feeler or two or three or four over the last couple of days uh, for mailbag for the mailbag today. I do appreciate all the questions that we got. Uh, I got about a good seven questions, which I guess we can try and divvy up as we go. But I did get a good number of questions, which I do appreciate everybody for. Uh, those particular questions. Again, next time, if you want to get involved in the mailbag, uh, just feel free to tweet at LockedOnVGK or you can tweet at me at DannyWebster21. And uh, we decided to open it up this time just because, you know, the more we ask about Golden Knights questions, the more repetitive it's going to be. So at this point, if at any time during a mailbag you have the most random questions you would want me to attempt to answer... I will more than be willing to give it a shot. Um, we did get some interesting. Well, we got one interesting question uh, that I will hold off on till the end, because you know what, I could probably go for about another five ten minutes on this one particular question, and it has absolutely nothing to do with hockey. So we'll just uh, we'll just get we'll just get going here. How about that? We'll just uh, we'll get started here. All right. First question here comes from Paul Williams, who was kind enough to send uh, two questions, actually, both via the Twitter. Uh, first question he asked me is, what are my thoughts on Nicholas Waugh? I kind of touched on this a little bit uh, about a day or two ago uh, after Waugh made his uh, VGK debut and scored a goal on Sunday against Anaheim. I've, I've been a fan of Waugh since preseason. I think he's uh, he was very good in the face-off circle, which I think was a very... Uh, underrated trait of his I thought he did really well I thought he held up well in his own end during the preseason and then when uh when the final cuts were coming I just felt like he had a really good chance to at least make the roster which by technicality he did uh but did not see any action until Sunday uh I think that he is someone that he's kind of like the versatile no-sec, too, in, in the sense that you can put him at the face-off circle. You can put him on the wing. I think he showed off with his speed on Sunday, especially on that goal, which he scored. He's got really good speed, very underrated speed. And if you wanted to put him on the wing in favor of, say, a Ryan Reeves, and you wanted to keep no-sec on there with Carrier and Wah, I think that that's a very reasonable spot to keep him in. Um, but you know what? It's the numbers game right now. It's the numbers game, and you can't really expect him 
to be on this roster, given how Gerard Gallant likes to keep his guys intact. He likes to keep the guys that have gotten them to this point. And you know what? That's understandable. I, I think, uh, uh, far be it, as I've said multiple times, not really on this pod, but you know anywhere else when I'm talking about coaching decisions, far be it for me to tell a former uh, Jack Adams winner in the in year one of a franchise that he doesn't know how to handle his lines. So uh, I do like Wah a lot. I think he is deserving of another chance or two. I would like to see him on the wing. I think he's got the capability of doing that. And uh, I think that it would be uh, benefiting of everybody involved if he got another game or two. Just just see what he's got. And I think uh, it would help spark the fourth line again. It definitely sparked them on Sunday. And I think it would be beneficial just to get him another game or two. I, I really like Wah. I, I, th- I don't think I was as high on him when uh, Vegas traded for him back in June. Obviously, when you trade Eric Holla basically for a salary dump and you get anybody really back in return... Uh, that, that in itself is kind of like, eh, okay, he's just there. Um, but I think he proved a lot in the Calder Cup playoffs, especially in the Calder Cup final against the Chicago Wolves, the Golden Knights AHL affiliate. Um, and I think that he's got a spot on this roster if he can, uh, if he can con- continue what he was doing on Sunday and he'll get more chances as, uh, as the season goes on, I think you know we can't really we can't really account for the fourth line staying healthy all year, right? I mean, it, it's bound to happen Un- unless you're Ryan Reeves and you've all of a sudden become Mister Durability. Um, it, it it's bound to happen. There will be injuries on the bottom six, and I think that's when uh, Nicholas Wall will get more opportunities as this season goes on. Uh, Kyle Rock on Twitter asked me, "What does my ideal lineup look like?" Now, I kind of toss this question around a little bit as far as do I want like what I think the lineup should look like like if I were Gerard Gallant what what I would want this lineup to look like and how I would foresee it or do I use the current you know eventually 22 23 that'll be on the roster and kind of go from there so I'll this would be in a perfect world, this would be my lineup, and I think that I would probably I'll, – I'll do it twofold. I'll do what I would want my lineup to look like and the current crop of what I would want the lineup to look like, say, for Thursday. So we'll, we'll do what I would prefer first. What I would, what I would do is 81-71-61 because I – God inject that into my veins right now. I feel like that line is just so goddamn good. It was good in the preseason. I would love to see more of Marshall and Stone together. I think Carlson centering that line just makes that line unstoppable in a 200 foot presence. Um, so give me 81, 71, 61. Give me um, 67, 26, 89. So bring back the All-American line. I'm I'm all for that. Give me uh whew, now I gotta think about this for the third line purposes. You know what? Okay, we'll we'll do this. Give me 21 on the left, nine in the middle, and then 19 on the right. I think that I think that would be fine. And then fourth line, you can make it 28, 92, 10. I, I think I would be okay with that. So 28, 92, 10 on the fourth line with Reeves as a healthy scratch. 
Uh, pairings, I would go 327. So McNabb, Theodore. I go Merrill, Schmidt, and then Bischoff, Haig. I think that would be fine. I think the way the Bischoff maintains uh, his play in his back end, I, I think uh, I think is is fine. And then of course twenty nine and thirty in net. So that's what I would personally want um, right now. I think given the current crop, I'd go eighty one seventy one nineteen uh, sixty seven twenty six sixty one. Um, 21 9 centering with 89 on the right and then uh 28 92 75 and then defense pairings i would keep the same and just put england in there but if i were running the team that's what i would want that's that the the idea of putting stone with marshall and carlson is something that i don't think we're going to see this year but god dang it inject it into my veins i i've been wanting that lineup that line for about since since uh, the world championships really just because Marshall and Carlson or Marshall and uh, Stone were out of this world for team Canada just put that into my veins right now I I would totally be on board with that um should that be the case but again this is why I'm not a coach this is why I'm not a general manager and I do not get paid uh to make these decisions which would be a nice job to, you know, get paid for to do. But you know, what? Nevertheless, uh, that that is what I would do. Uh, Brent Betts on Twitter asks, "What is the NHL readiness timeline for our top prospects? When does Elvinez Dugan Dorfeev get a shot?" Um, I'll start with Elvinez just because right now he is killing it in Chicago. Fourteen points in nine games. Um, the only thing I would say about Elvinez is that I, over the last couple of years, it just doesn't look like he's done anything to kind of, imp- kind of stand out. You know what I mean? It's, he, he comes to camp, he looks like he's ready to make that leap, but it just doesn't look like it's there yet. It, it doesn't look like he does anything to add physically. It doesn't look like he, you know, does anything to kind of stand out. As as far as you know, the last couple of camps go, but you know he's doing he's doing great in Chicago to start. I think that he's uh, he's definitely earned himself a chance to kind of be in consideration in the next year or two. But I think that's what it's going to take. It's probably going to take the next year or two. Uh, Dorofeyev, I think he has. I, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I think he has a couple of years left on his contract in the KHL. Um, but his offensive game is so good. It, it is so good at such a young age. I think he just turned 19 on the 26th, though. Uh, he's got a couple of years left on his contract in the KHL, and then after that, I think, is when he can uh, make the jump over to the American League. And then after that, I would say if he can improve himself in the defensive area, then I think he'll be he'll be considered a call-up in like when he's 23, I, I think, another three, four years, especially once his contract is up in the KHL, I think, uh, he'll, he'll be ready. He, he was so good at dev camp. He's so sound offensively. He's so talented. Um, I think given once his contract is up another, another couple years in the American league, I think we'll do him good unless his defensive game is really taken over by that point. But as, as we've kind of seen, uh, from the likes of Vadim Shipashev and Nikita Gusev, uh, defense really isn't the strong suit in the KHL. So maybe it might take another year or two in the American League to kind of uh, polish up on that end. 
Dugan, I really like Dugan. I, I think Dugan is he's so good. He was one of the one of the uh, top names at camp this year, and I I just like his uh, his all around game. The fact that he's gotten the uh, the experience uh, in Providence. He's ki- I mean he's been killing it in Providence the last couple of years. I, I really like Dugan. I, I think he's someone that we should be watching out for in the next maybe year or two as someone who could be competing for a bottom six role. Uh, the other guy that I think, you know, it might take a little bit, but I'm I'm still so enamored by his game is Paul Cotter. I think Cotter is, you know, he's a, he's a very uh, humble guy. He wasn't someone who was like, oh, I'm totally going to go for making the Golden Knights roster this year. He wanted to make Chicago... And he made Chicago. He's played eight games, hasn't scored a point. Um, but I like Cotter. I think he made a lot of great, uh, smart plays during camp that really stood out. And I, I just think his game, given another couple of years, especially a couple of years grooming in the American League, is going gonna, is gonna to help him a lot. Uh, I really like Cotter. Um, yeah, those, those are my thoughts on the top prospects right now. It's, it's weird calling those guys the top prospects because, you know, Cody Glass and Nick Haig are technically on the roster. Well, Nick Haig will send back to Chicago. He'll probably get called, depending on how that goes. Um, Cody Glass is on the roster. It's weird not calling him the top prospect. And, and obviously uh, Peyton Krebs is the other name that, you know, we're not going to – hear about i think for another year or two before uh he finally makes a jump to the ahl but obviously with krebs um very excited to see what he can do uh as a 200 foot player i i think that uh getting him as a center for maybe you know if he comes back from this injury and he comes you know full guns blazing in his first year or two when he's eligible to play for the American league and he, you know, steals a roster spot. I mean, that's, that's a complete possibility. I like Krebs obviously. Uh, so those are my thoughts on the top prospects there. Uh, Greg Thyme on Twitter also asks, do you think there is a long-term plan for goalie? How much longer can flurry be considered the everyday starter? I think flurry can be considered the everyday starter until his contract runs out. And then we'll kind of reevaluate it from there. I, I think, there's no real evidence to say that Flurry's lost a step. Um, so I think the job is his until the job isn't his anymore, and that means he can't go anymore. That That's pretty much how I see it. Uh, the long-term plan for goalie, that's a very good question. I have no idea. I, th- I think it all hinders on the – well, it hinders on a couple of things. One, the development, I suppose, of Malcolm Subban and – that includes getting him some reps, getting him some starts. Uh, I think that it is imperative for him to get some starts, but that is also up to the coaching staff. And that is also up to 29. If he feels good on a certain night, he's probably going to go. Um, I think we'll see Subban a little bit more this year, given how the workload in October has gone. I mean, 13 games about to be 14 games in one month. Uh, doesn't seem ideal, but with a lot of road games coming up in November, that might be a time where we see Subban. Um, so I think it hinders on Subban. It hinders on getting him more playing time, and it hinders on if Flurry can really perform the rest of his contract, which all signs point to him being able to do. Uh, so I think we're probably another two, three years away before we even discuss the possibility of what in the world happens uh, once Flurry is gone. So. I think I think we got time. 
to before we can actually uh, reassess that. Uh, Hayden on Twitter asks, do you think we trade for a D-man at any point this season? I think we are missing a piece on the top six, even when we are fully healthy. That is the elephant in the room. And the one name that I've been hearing colleagues throw around a lot in the last you know couple of weeks is Alex Petrangelo. Uh, I believe he's on an expiring deal. Uh, and now with the Blues losing Vladimir Tarasenko for the next five months, you got to wonder how how much are they going to stay competitive uh, over the course of these next number of months without Tarasenko in the lineup. If the Blues are nowhere in contention uh, for uh, for a chance to repeat as Stanley Cup champions, then I think maybe Petrangelo becomes available, and I do see Vegas. You know, once again, trying to become players in uh, in the trade deadline. I think that's that's become their bread and butter. Uh, we've heard talks about how they were able to free up enough cap space to where they can possibly make a move. Um, I'm curious, though, as to what a trade package for a guy like Alex Petrangelo would look like. Uh, I mean, I was kind of hoping maybe Roman Yossi would be available, but that ship has clearly sailed as he signed a boatload contract uh, yesterday. Um, I do think Vegas will be in play for a defenseman. I think they, I think they realize that the current core that is assembled, even if you add a Bischoff or a Hague or whatever the case may be, the current core defensively is not going to win you a Stanley cup. And I think they see that. And I think that if they can add at least a rental at the deadline for a guy who can be a top four guy, I think that's something Vegas will address just because they love the trade deadline and they've loved the trade deadline for the last two years. I mean, they were mere minutes away from getting Eric Carlson. Um, but that obviously didn't happen, so they settled for Tomas Tatar. And then, of course, Mark Stone last year. So I do uh, I do see Vegas being in play for, for a, a defenseman, probably in a top-four role. Uh, Paul Williams back again on Twitter asking for a detailed explanation on how Corsi and expected goals are calculated and what they show. I am definitely not the person to provide those answers because I, I I understand analytics play a huge role in the, in the current realm of hockey. I'm not all about analytics. I, I can't do it. I am definitely an eye test guy. I, I watch what I see, and if it looks good, hooray. If it doesn't, well, crap. Um, I definitely do not like Corsi. I, I know it's the number of shots you register while that player is on the ice versus the number of shots you know given up, uh, which is why I think what was it Nick Hague and Derek England had a Corsi four of twelve to zero the other day against Anaheim because you know that totally makes a whole load of sense. Um, expected goals calculated. I mean, I, I would I would relay that to. Uh, I would relay that to my colleague Jesse Granger over the Athletic because he definitely has a better handle on especially that subject because I believe he just wrote about it the other day. Um, but analytics, anything analytical, I have no idea. I can tell you that if a team looks good and the analytics numbers don't back it up, then clearly I don't know what I'm talking about. But I mean, that's just my opinion. So I am definitely not the one to ask when it comes to Corsi and all of that other jazz. Like what in the world is a Fenwick? That's all I'm. That's all I'm going to say. And finally, the last question that I was going to save for last uh, comes from uh, my good buddy Josh Nashawn, who asks thoughts on the rise of Skywalker. Is Anakin no longer the chosen one? Ooh, um, 
I, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. When it comes to the rise of Skywalker, I do, I, I want to say that Anakin is going to make an appearance somehow in this movie. I don't know how. If he does make an appearance in this movie, they are doing one hell of a job covering it up, which would be fantastic. Um, I think that the only way, the only way to kind of put a put a bow on this trilogy and to put, you know, put this whole Skywalker saga in a box and put it away and send it off for good is if Anakin comes back, preferably like as a force ghost, comes back to fight Palpatine. They have like a five minute duel to the death and Anakin kills him. And then that's how Palpatine dies. That's how the force is you know, restored, you know, uh, Kylo Ren turns into, you know, comes to the light. Ray is just there. <laughs> I mean, I I'm still trying. I, I had so many questions after the last Jedi. Like I, my wife and I went to go see the last Jedi. It was, I think it was a couple days after it came out. So we went to go see the movie and then we went to a Christmas party, um, shortly after. And we got out of the movie theater. I was like, oh, I thought it was pretty good. And then the minute we got in the car and the minute we drove to this party, the only thing I kept asking myself is, well, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did this happen? Why is the movie going like this? Why is this happening? Like nothing made sense. And I feel like we're going to come to a point at the rise of Skywalker where nothing is going to make sense. You know what I mean? So I think Ray at this point, we were all like, I mean, at least I was shook that there was a Sith Ray. You know, I obviously I don't think she was turning to the dark side. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be a vision uh, from Palpatine at this point. I think that that would be my best guess. But we were all shook when Ray was holding that Darth Maul like lightsaber and going, what the hell is this? Um, but I do think that the rise of Skywalker is going to be really good. I, I'm holding out hope. That it is going to be good. The only concern I have is that I would want this movie to be as long as Endgame because I feel like the fans at least deserve that. But the fact that it's not kind of concerns me. But you know, I, I'll I'll reserve it. But I do think it's going to be really good. I think that uh, my sincere hope is that toward the end of the movie there is some. There's some incarnation of Obi-Wan with Ewan McGregor. And, you know, I have my thoughts on Hayden Christensen as an actor in the Star Wars series. But I think the best way to go would be if you're going to have Hayden Christensen as a force ghost at the end of Return of the Jedi, you need to have him at least for Rise of Skywalker. That's just my opinion. So... Uh, I'm excited to see the rise of Skywalker. I think it's going to be very good. Um, I do have my reservations on a couple of things, but I do think that the best way to end it would be Anakin Skywalker force ghost kills Palpatine. We all come full circle and Ray and you know, whoever rides off into the sunset because who the hell knows with the whole, uh, the whole thing with with Finn and Ky- Kylo, I I don't know. Apparently, Star Wars is turning into some love triangle that I 
don't understand whatsoever. Uh, so that is, that is the conclusion of this mailbag. Uh, thank you. Thank you to everybody who sent your questions. I was very happy to see that star Wars question just because it, you know, we are allowed to kind of change it up a bit. If you guys have any questions, like I said, if you think, if you want my opinion on whether a hot dog is a sandwich, I'm not going to tell you whether I do think it is a, a sandwich or not. You'll have to answer that, ask that question for the next mailbag, which maybe we will do every Wednesday. We'll, we'll kind of, We'll kind of prove this and see if it, Wednesday's a good day to do it. I think it totally depends on the schedule. So we'll do like mailbag insert day here whenever a good day uh, is made available. And we'll uh, we'll maybe do more of these a week. Uh, if you guys have any questions that you want sent, again, you can send them on Twitter. You can send them in an email, whichever case may be. You can send them on Facebook. If you're friends with me on Facebook, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but if you want to send a question in, feel free to do so. We'll get it on the next mailbag. Uh, so that is actually going to wrap it up. We really don't have much else to talk about other than the fact that the Golden Knights will be back at practice uh, today and the uh, game tomorrow against Montreal. And if you are going to the game, please uh, wear your costume and uh, tweet at me if your costume is ridiculously good. Uh, if not, that's okay. Uh, all costumes are created equal, at least in the realm of VGK hockey. I guess because this is really the first time that we're seeing costumes at a VGK game. So uh, we will be back tomorrow to kind of break down the Montreal game. We'll talk about the Canadians and see what challenges they present. And uh, we'll probably hear from Max Pacioretty as well as he gets ready to face his former team once again. Uh, probably not as nervous as he was last year, but uh, would expect Pacioretty to be fired up for this game nonetheless. So that's going to do it, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we have now hit one month full of episodes, which is fantastic. If you have uh, listened for the entire month that we've been doing this, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the support. Uh, thank you for the kind words and the feedback. Again, you can uh, let me know how I'm doing on this podcast. Uh, again, I'm not the best podcaster in the world. I'm never going to be the best podcaster in the world. I'm not going to be the best uh, purveyor of news, but I'm at least going to try and make it at least a little bit entertaining for your commute to work for uh, for whatever it is that you use this podcast for. So thank you all for supporting us for the last month. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll be ready back in uh, November once this Canadians game's over. It should be a lot of fun. So thank you, guys. We will see you back tomorrow for game day, and uh, we'll talk to you then. I'm Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Oh,